0: As I was uh, preparing this message, I was trying to think uh, and work out how many messages uh, I must have heard uh, on the subject of the feeding of the 5,000. Uh, certainly must be in the tens. It might even be in the hundreds, I'm not sure. Uh, it's a very famous miracle of Christ, and it's a story that I'm sure we're all familiar with to some extent Uh, the way God took a little boy's five loaves and two fish and was able to feed a huge multitude but I realized that as I was thinking of the various messages I've heard on this uh, great miracle I've realized that often one of the main sets of characters in this story are are missed out or they are sidelined. And those characters are the disciples of Jesus. Now, of course, this miracle is all about Christ. It's about how he fed the 5,000, absolutely. But it's interesting, the role that the disciples play in the miracle. And there are lessons to be learned from this miracle that Christ performed for us today. Uh, Because we too, or many of us at least, are Christ's disciples living today. And the way in which Christ dealt with his disciples then teaches us how he deals with us today. Uh, It's amazing, really, how uh, so many of our ideas about how Jesus thinks about us and uh, what we think Jesus wants for us, so many of those ideas are based on our own imagination and our own feelings about what we think Jesus would want. And so little based upon how Jesus actually interacted with his own real disciples while he was here on earth. And often Christ doesn't behave in the way that we might imagine he would. Uh, So when we read here of Christ's dealings with his disciples, uh, we can learn much about his dealings with us. And this miracle has a lot to tell us about Jesus' disciples. Uh, First of all, uh, did you notice how even before Christ has accomplished his miracle, his disciples are exhausted? Uh, Look at verse 30. It says, then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things both what they had done and what they had taught. And this refers back to verse 7 to 13, where Christ had sent out his disciples two by two. And he had told them to uh, go and preach the gospel in the cities and towns of Israel. And he had sent them out on this mission and they came back telling him about all the things that they had done, what they had taught. Uh, So they'd already been serving Christ diligently. And they were tired. Uh, They were exhausted. Look at verse 31. It says, And he said to them, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. Uh, They were tired. They were exhausted from serving Christ. And this was before this miracle had even happened. Uh, not only that, they were hungry. Uh, look again at verse, the end of verse 31. Uh, Jesus tells them, come aside by yourselves and rest a while. And then Mark writes, for there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So, Not only were they tired and exhausted from serving, they were also hungry. They had had no time to eat. I don't know if you can relate to this, the feeling of exhaustion, uh, the feeling of being so busy that you don't even have time to eat. Well, that was how these disciples were feeling at this point. But then look what happens. Look what happens when they're feeling uh, their exhaustion and their hunger. It says, verse 33, but the multitude saw them departing And many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them, because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. So the disciples are uh, exhausted they're hungry and they think they're going to get some time for some well-earned rest and then this huge multitude comes and we're told that there were 5,000 men and that was besides women and children who we also know were there and this huge multitude comes to Christ and he has compassion on them and he starts to teach them and you can sort of imagine the disciples their hearts sinking (laughs) they go oh no Christ is continuing with his ministry we're tired we are hungry and yet Christ had compassion on the multitude and look what it says in verse 35 it says when the day was now far spent his disciples came to him and said this is the deserted place and already the hour is late send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread for they have nothing to eat Now, the disciples said that, and I'm sure there was part of them which was concerned for the crowds, for their hunger. But you can't help thinking that in the back of their minds, they were also thinking, We're hungry too. (laughs) Send them away so that we can also take a break and have something to eat. You can well imagine that is what they were thinking. They're exhausted, they're hungry. But then look at Christ's response in verse 37. But he answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. (laughs) Jesus says, you give them something to eat. Jesus asks them to do the impossible. He asks them to feed this 5,000, over 5,000 people, when they themselves have nothing, or at least think they have nothing. That's what they say to him at the end of verse 37. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? We don't have any food and we don't have any money to buy the food. And yet Jesus is asking them to do the impossible, to give them something to eat. Now if the story ended there, That would be horrible, wouldn't it? Uh, That's a recipe for misery. You'd think, what a terrible master Christ is. Uh, When his disciples are tired, when they're hungry, he gives them an impossible task to accomplish. Uh, What a terrible master Christ is. But fortunately, the story does not end there. Uh, the disciples had not counted on Christ himself. And before we look at what Christ does, let's just apply this to us. Christ gives us an impossible task as well. Uh, his great commission, the end of Matthew's gospel. He says, Go into all the world." And preach the gospel, making disciples of every nation, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And if you just look at that task in itself, you think that's unmanageable. It's impossible. Think of all the different cultures that exist. Think of all the different languages that are out there think of all the hurdles and obstacles that exist to sharing the gospel. If you don't know them, just ask uh, Carol and Andy and New Tribes and uh, others who are involved, um, Graham and Olive, in their missionary work in the past. You'll know there's so many hurdles to be overcome, and the task seems impossible. And yet that's what Christ asks of us. Often we're tired. Often we're exhausted. Often we are, in that sense, hungry. But do you remember what Jesus says after the Great Commission? He says, go into all the worlds, preach the gospel, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you, for I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And the disciples had forgotten That Christ was with them in this impossible task he gave them. And so we've seen the state of the disciples, but now we see the power and the sufficiency of Christ. He's told them to do this impossible task, but then we see how Christ makes the impossible possible. Look at verse 38. Uh, The disciples come to him, they say, how can we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? We haven't got the resources. But in verse 38, Jesus says, but he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. Jesus asks them, how many loaves do you have? Don't, don't worry about the size of the task in front of you. Just start with what you have. And they search and they discover. And uh, in the other Gospels, it gives us more detail. And they find a young boy. And this boy seemingly has his packed lunch with him. And he has five loaves and two fish. And they, they look, they obey Christ, and they find the five loaves and two fish. But in the other Gospels, they say, but what is this amongst so many but jesus as it were says don't worry about that give me the five loaves and the two fish and it says in verse 39 then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass so they sat down in ranks in hundreds and in fifties and when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. Jesus doesn't dismiss the five loaves and the two fish. He doesn't say, oh, that's nonsense. How can you expect this to feed so many? He he takes the five loaves. He takes the two fish and he gives thanks to God for them. Isn't that remarkable in itself? He gives thanks to God for this tiny lunch, which would barely feed a single person. And then he gives it to the disciples to give out to the crowds. So first he asks them to find whatever they have, which was a manageable task. Uh, He asks them to put the people in groups of hundreds and fifties. That's how they knew that there were 5,000 men there, uh, because they put them into groups. Again, a task, but a manageable one. Uh, Then he asks them to distribute what he gives to them, the five loaves and the two fish. Again, a task, but a manageable one. Jesus makes the impossible task possible, and he does the rest. Jesus doesn't require superhuman effort on our part. He simply asks us to trust him to do the ordinary things that he commands us to do. The task he gives to us is, in a sense, impossible. How can we hope to reach the world with the gospel? But in a sense, that is Christ's task. Our task is simply to seek to be obedient in the small ways that we can be obedient. Uh, Jesus, as it were, says to us, How much do you have? Go and see. Uh, what skills do we have? Uh, what resources do we have? Uh, What opportunities do we have and how can we use them for God's kingdom? Uh, They may not be very impressive. Uh, They may not seem very influential in the eyes of the world. They may not seem very impressive. They may look like the five loaves and the two fish. But in Jesus' hands, he can take our small skills. He can take our small opportunities. He can take our limited resources and he can do wonderful things through them. Uh, he asks us to organise people. I might, I might be pushing the picture a little bit too far here, but, but go with me. Uh, the disciples are told to separate the people into groups of 50s and 100s. And uh, As we go out with the gospel, there will be Uh, admin we need to do. We have to organize people and we make church groups and there's all sorts of uh, admin that has to be done with that. And it's menial and it's not very impressive. But again, God can use that for his kingdom. Uh, Jesus asked them to distribute what they had We are commanded to go into the world, and that may simply mean crossing the road to our neighbor, crossing the church hall to someone in need. It's not going to look impressive. It's not going to look earth-changing to the rest of the world. But it's what Jesus commands us to do. He asks us to distribute what we have And he can do wonderful things through that. Reminds me of what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians. Uh, He describes how he planted the church at Corinth. He preached the gospel. Uh, He describes how Apollos, a great gifted preacher, came and watered what Paul had planted. But he says, but it was God who gave the increase. And no farmer can truly make the plants grow. Only God can do that. But the farmer can be faithful in what God has given him to do. And that's what Christ asks of us, to be faithful with the five loaves and the two fishes we have. And we see what Christ can do with that. And we see how he provides food for the hungry. Look at verse 42. The disciples go out. With his five loaves of two fish. And I've always wondered how that works out. They can't have had very much each. If <laughs> these 12 disciples have a little hunk of bread and a little part of a fish, and they go out, and they must be feeling completely foolish, uh, thinking it's complete nonsense. Christ is mocking us. But they have the faith to obey his commands. And look at verse 42. So they all ate all 5,000 plus, and were filled. Now, I have no idea how Jesus did that. I have no idea if the, the bread sort of grew in the disciples' hands or whether every time they gave a piece of bread, another hunk of bread appeared in their hands. I don't know. I have no idea what the practicalities of that miracle were. But I don't need to know. We don't need to know. That's God's business. That was Jesus' business. All we need to be concerned with is being faithful with what we have as the disciples were, and he will give the increase. We may not be able to see it happen. We may not be able to perceive the ways in which God is using our gifts. But we can can be sure if we are being faithful to what he has told us, he will give an increase. Now, I remember John MacArthur, a famous uh, preacher, pastor in America. Uh, he said that at the beginning of his uh, ministry um, there in his church, uh, he prayed uh, to God a prayer along these lines. He said, uh, God, I will focus on the depth of my ministry and I'll leave the breadth to you. In other words, what John MacArthur was saying there was, I'll focus on being faithful with what I have. I'll focus on teaching the Bible as well as I know how. I will delve into your word and seek to explain it as well as I can. But the breadth of my ministry, I'll leave to you. The people coming into your kingdom through it, I'll leave in your hands. That is the attitude we should all have, uh, as we use the little that God has given to us and leave the increase to him. And we see that Jesus was able, with the small loaves and the two fish, to provide food for the hungry, and they were all filled. But lastly, uh, we saw how the disciples were weary. They were exhausted, exhausted. And we also see in this account that Jesus provided strength for the weary. Jesus provided strength for the weary. Do you remember the first thing Christ said? Uh, After the disciples had been out preaching the gospel, in verse 31, Jesus said to them, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while we see Jesus was concerned for the well-being of his disciples. Now, of course, it didn't quite work out. Uh, the big crowds came and emergency, as it were, cropped up, and they didn't get the rest they needed immediately. But the point is, Jesus had an eye on them. He knew what they needed. He was not merely a slave driver driving them to exhaustion. He knew that they were human he knew they needed rest and God knows the same Christ knows the same for us today Uh, Jesus does not expect us to work non-stop he knows that there must be seasons of rest Um, sometimes emergencies crop up don't they sometimes we have to work through the night Uh, Sometimes we have to work when we're exhausted and when we're hungry. But Christ loves us. He cares for us and he will always provide that rest that we need because he is a loving master. He will always say at some point, come aside and rest a while. And look at the result in verse uh, 43 uh, of chapter 6. The disciples had been preaching, and now they've been distributing the bread to the 5,000, the more than 5,000, until they were all filled. And look what it says in verse 43. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fish. Now, I'm not 100% sure if this is the significance of the 12 baskets, but I like to think it is. Uh, How many apostles were there? Twelve. Twelve disciples who had been working very hard, who were exhausted, who were hungry. And after this miracle, which God had allowed the disciples to have a hand in, they take up twelve baskets full of fragments, one for each of them. Christ did not forget his disciples as they were serving him. Jesus has more than enough left over for you. As you spend and seek to serve others, never be afraid that you're going to run out. Uh, there's a hymn, I, I didn't look it up, but it says that Christ has a redundance for all who believe, and that's not linked to redundancy, losing your job. It means that uh, Christ has more than he needs in that sense for us all. We can never outgive God. He has more than enough to make up for whatever we might give. They collected up 12 baskets full of fragments. And the sad thing is, uh, so often we miss out on the resources that Christ has for us because we're not willing to give up the five loaves and two fish that we have we hold on to them we hoard them because we're afraid we'll have nothing left if we give them away and Christ says I've got more than enough I can feed 5,000 or more with five loaves and two fish give what you have and I'll give you everything you need as a result So I trust those few thoughts are an encouragement to us. Perhaps you're feeling tired, exhausted this evening. Perhaps you're feeling hungry in that sense. Perhaps you're feeling like you haven't got anything to give. Remember the five loaves. Remember the two fish. Remember what Christ did with them, and he can do the same for you. And that's why I've chosen as our last hymn number 86. number 86, great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not, as thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. So we'll close by singing number 86.